Welcome to the latest episode on parental therapy. Jumping right into it. Today's topic is five reasons your marriage will fail. We've got a good one today. Going to be bringing you some good information. Going to be giving you some solid resources because on parental therapy, it's not just about talking about what I've been through or those close to me, people that I know have been through, but also resources to help you help everyone, you know, help us just get to a better place, whether it's communication, you know, talking about blended families, talking about mental health and relationships. So there's, you know, a lot of growth that we can do in that area for most of us because it is a journey. Hopefully uh, you're going to get something out of this one. Hopefully you'll understand the importance of this topic to me and my family and And let's just try to get better together. It really is sad to see the number of failed marriages that are taking place all around us. Is divorce something new? It's not. Many of us came from, you know, divorced homes in our childhood, and we just had to do the best that we could. There weren't as many resources back then as there are now. A lot of these topics just weren't being talked about. We all know someone who's either going through a divorce, just went through a divorce, or is basically living in a failed marriage, which ultimately is the same thing. I mean, honestly, does anyone go to the altar saying, I do, planning on a divorce? No. But if you aren't taking the steps necessary on the front end, it's one and the same. You might as well be. So let's get the admin stuff out the way. As I say in every video, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not giving you medical advice. Consult a therapist, consult a psychologist. With all that, what I am, I'm your friend. I'm going to give it to you straight. So again, welcome back to Parental Therapy. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment on the video, share it. Someone can get something out of it. So I truly appreciate that. Getting into five reasons why your marriage will fail. The foundation that we need to talk about before even getting into the five steps is the importance of premarital counseling. I can't emphasize this enough. There are many people that we know of, they get into these serious relationships and or marriage, and they've never really asked each other the hard questions. There really are some foundational things that should be put out there so we know how our significant other wants to approach these issues when they arrive. I mean, if you've never talked about what you're going to do with finances, are you going to have joint accounts, separate accounts? Is there going to be any splitting of the expenses in the home? What's their goals? You know, are they already a professional? Are they, you know, pursuing something in school already? Have you talked about kids? You know, maybe you're in a blended family. Maybe your significant other really wants to have another kid. And maybe you've made the choice that it's not something that you want to do. These are significant questions that will have a long lasting effect or short effect on your marriage, if not handled, you know, appropriately and clearing the air in the beginning. If you hadn't seen my previous video on, you can't tell my kid what to do. Discipline in a blended family. Again, if you don't talk about that, you guys may be entering into a marriage on completely different spectrums on how you're going to approach disciplining the children. My wife and I, we completed our premarital counseling through a program called Symbis. We had two great counselors. Uh, This is a faith-based program, at least what we've 
participated in. It was so effective because it really hit all the key points or almost all the key points that you would encounter when you know, you're know you joining two people together. It was very important that we spent that quality time going through each chapter and the different books and the time that we spent with our counselors processing and talking about our answers. It was totally worth its weight in gold. So I'm not saying you have to go with that particular company. I have no uh, skin in that fight. I am including the link to the website and you can put in your zip code and, you know, find some counselors that are local to you. But again, any, I think the majority of the premarital counseling programs that are out there in essence, uh, achieve the same goal. And that is really the two of you to come together and discuss these hard questions and these challenges that traditionally come up in a marriage and just get them out there, get them out there on front street, talk about it. And maybe again, you're on completely different spectrums on how you're going to approach something, but through the premarital counseling program of your choice, you guys can have some, you know, agreements and, or things that you need to work on. But guess what? At the same time, you truly might find some issues that may end up being deal breakers. Um, I think most of the problems can be worked through that two people encounter, but in some cases, they just might not be. You know, we might be dealing with a significant, you know, difference in religion, religious views, significant differences on how you're going to raise your kids and how you want to handle things financially. So, These are very important things that really need to be worked out, and I truly think they can be accomplished through an effective premarital counseling program. When coming together in a marriage, I think most people will tell you the greatest foundation is your ability to communicate. Ask yourself, how important is communication to you? Do you realize that communication truly will solve the majority of issues that are going on between two people if quality time and effort is put into whatever the problem is? When it comes to communication, there are three areas that a person who I follow on uh, YouTube and Instagram, him and his wife have uh, a channel and his name is Isaac Curry. And, you know, I reached out to him. I, you know, I told him, Hey, you know, I'd really like to use uh, a clip that you recently released. He was very gracious. He was like, absolutely no problem at all. And him and his wife truly have a goal of helping others as well. And I would encourage you, I'm going to include the link to uh, their page in the description. So I would encourage you to check that out. But Isaac and his wife had three areas that he brought up in discussion in regards to communication. That was honesty, transparency, and vulnerability. I would ask you, let's watch this clip, a short part of it, and then we'll get into it. An honest person would tell you the truth if you asked them. Right. A transparent person will show you the truth (laughs) If you just look, mm-hmm. if you look, I will show you. Yeah. But a vulnerable person will offer you the truth and you never have to reach for it. Imagine that. That's good. And so wow. you want to be able to be honest. But see, if we're in a marriage yeah. and I'm just honest with you, that's not enough. No. Because you have to know what to ask me. Right, right. And and so if I don't feel like I'm getting the answers because I never asked, I don't feel safe. Then I'm technically not wrong here. Right, right. But like, 
if you look and you see something is wrong with my limp or my eyes right now, mm -hmm. like my eyes. So my eye is low so you can see. And if you're looking, then I'll tell you like, you know, mm -hmm. this is going on with my eye. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You're looking, you can see. So I'm showing you. Yeah. But vulnerability says you don't see what's going on in the internal. And I just want to tell you something that you don't know. And you wouldn't even know to ask, even if you even on a good day. Right. So to be vulnerable is to offer. And that is risky. It's so risky because you don't know what's going to come of that. Absolutely. As the person who's being vulnerable, you don't know what comes of it. Is that person going to shame you, ridicule you? Um, is it is it going to come back in another conversation? Think about that. What type of communication would you want? What level of communication would you want in your relationship? Maybe a lot of people can say, oh, my significant other and I were honest with each other. That's good. That's a definite good start. Another couple might say, my significant other and I were completely transparent with one another. Okay. A truly effective marriage will tell you we are vulnerable with one another. When you achieve that, when you and your significant other can be vulnerable with one another. That means there's complete trust and you and your significant other know that each of you have each other's best interest as well as understand the importance of protecting what's inside each of us. I mean, those true, deep, heartfelt challenges and stresses and fears that we have, if we can just come to our significant other and lay those out on the table, that level of vulnerability can truly catapult your relationship, your marriage to the next level. I feel that these are the components of building complete trust and an effective marriage. I will take this to another level. There's a lot of people who are concerned about the transition that we've made with social media into our lives. Just think about the ease that everyone has nowadays if they're wanting to, whether you want to say violate the covenant of your marriage, to cheat on your significant other. And there are levels to that because we're seeing you know, the transition and the effect on relationships and marriage because of social media. I mean, sure, temptation's always been out there. We can go back a very long way to see the effects of temptation. But when you can be transparent at a level and you can be vulnerable at a level with your significant other, you're truly putting them at ease. And that's what should be the goal when we're establishing a relationship that we want to take on to marriage. Now, I don't even know if we can talk about the sanctity and the long-lasting effects and the happiness involved in a marriage if we're not talking about the five love languages. Many people still don't know what they are. Many people still don't take the time to do the five love languages quiz. It's out there. Matter of fact, I'm including it in the description. I would encourage you 
to sit down with your significant other. You guys take that quiz to learn about what really is the thing or things that fills your significant other's love tank. If you don't think it's important, well... Scott, you just don't get it, do you? You don't. You might be on the negative side of this video. I would tell you, in all cases, it is important. What are these areas? What are the five love languages? I've also included the link to that. I will tell you, number one, words of affirmation. Really quick, if you don't know, your significant other, it may be important to them for you to come to them and say, hey, I want to thank you yesterday for, before you came home, you asked me if I needed anything. Or I want to thank you because yesterday I was having a difficult day and you came to me and you said, everything is going to be okay. I love you. The second one is acts of service. Again, that may be what really is a driving force for your significant other's happiness. And what is acts of service? That could be something such as, hey, you filled up your wife's car without her asking. You know, there were some chores around the house. Maybe, you know, there's a cabinet that was broken. You took care of that for her. Or she had some laundry at the dry cleaners. You went and picked it up for just to make life a little bit easier for her. Those are examples of acts of service. Your significant other, their love language might be gifts. And we can laugh, you know, because we often think there's a dollar sign attached to it. And I will tell you, it's not just about how much you're spending. It's truly about the thought process that went into whatever you're giving your significant other. It could be a card that you just wrote yourself. It could be you brought them lunch, you know, or you brought them their favorite dessert. Or, hey, you know, your wife was eyeing that new LV purse and you went and picked it up for her. So again, if one of her love languages, one of his love languages gifts, that's how you know you're really hitting the spot with your significant other. The fourth one is quality time. Quality time is very important for most people, but you have to find out what really drives your significant other. Is quality time one of their love languages? And by spending that quality time with them, it may not be your love language. It may not be what really hits the spot for you, but understanding these love languages is about making sure we're taking care of our significant other's needs. The last one is physical touch. You can carry that into different areas, okay? But sometimes it's just the hand-holding. Sometimes it's just, hey, you're, you know, your husband's driving and he likes for you to rub the back of his head as he drives. You know, sometimes when you're sitting on the couch together, he just may want you to, you know, rub his chin and just whether it's being affectionate whether it's being sexual, intimate, all these things, physical touch, if that's your significant other's love language, pay attention to it. Whether you have to set a reminder for yourself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me which way you think of the five love languages, but just think about your significant other and understand what's important to them. So we all know people who are married, and we've probably seen, again, the entire spectrum of different types of communication, different types of relationships. They probably each have their own space. I'm not going to 
judge someone based on the fact or how they love different. But you have to ask yourself, are these foundational areas in place? But now we're going to cover the five reasons most marriages will fail. The first one is poor communication. Communication is critical for a healthy marriage. And oftentimes, this is where marriages struggle. They might be struggling to express their needs. They might be struggling to receive the issues that you're having with your needs. They may have an inability to resolve conflicts, again, without taking things to an argument. But what these things will lead to, they will lead to misunderstandings, disagreements, and ultimate breakdowns in the marriage. The second one is lack of trust. I mean, the most important foundation of a marriage is trust. So issues such as infidelity, broken promises, or dishonesty, these things can all erode the marriage over time. And what will these things do? They'll create they'll create stress, they'll create communication gaps, and just a breakdown over overall that will ultimately end up ending the marriage. The third area is financial constraints. One of the issues that we talked about, and one of the issues for my wife and I that was covered during premarital counseling was how we were going to handle finances. That's an important topic, getting that stuff laid out there, because a lot of people will tell you a significant challenge to surviving you know, the difficult areas in a, in a marriage are when you have financial problems. And financial problems aren't only because the amount of money that's coming into the marriage. We're talking about what are the spending habits? You know, uh, what are the agreements on how, you know, you're going to share expenses in the home? Do you have financial goals as a husband and wife team? Have you come together to say, hey, this is, you know, what we want to plan for, you know, for our family? And so financial irresponsibility can absolutely lead to ongoing issues within the marriage, such as trust and just whether or not you feel your significant other has the best interest for your financial future in mind. The fourth area why many marriages fail is unresolved conflict. You may have issues that all you keep doing is kicking the can down the road instead of dedicating quality time to truly getting to the root cause of whatever the issue might be. When conflicts are left unresolved, they're just sitting there. And what are they doing? They're continuing to fester. They're continuing to grow behind the scenes. And when you don't give it that time, again, you're going to pay for it now, you're going to pay for it later. Usually if you're paying for it later, it's a much harder hill to climb. The last area on why marriages fail is lack of intimacy. Have the two of you spent time talking about what your intimate, romantic, and sexual expectations are? This is very important. Does one of you have a much greater expectation? One of you may have an expectation, hey, you know, I need to be intimate with you five times a week. The other may be completely content with being intimate once a week. Because you have to understand, if these things aren't resolved on the front end, or if they're not understood on the front end, one of you are going to be left with a intimate gap. And that gap, again, can fester a lot of feelings and harbor a lot of resentment for your significant other. This can ultimately lead to one of you feeling neglected, feeling resented, not feeling loved anymore, 
Whether that's reality or not, if one of you are feeling that way, it's real to the person who's experiencing that feeling. And ultimately, that perception of dissatisfaction can lead to erosion of the marriage. It's important to understand with a lot of these tips that I'm sharing with you and my own experiences, every marriage is unique. It's important that we really dedicate the time to grow our ability to communicate as a couple and recognize that when there is a problem, the best solution is coming to the table as early as possible and putting our feelings out there, attempting to be as vulnerable as possible so our significant other really understands where we're coming from. And I genuinely believe with open communication, being consistent, being deliberate in how we're sharing our feelings, that any of these problems that we've talked about here today can all be resolved. And we truly can save what some may perceive as, you know, a very challenging marriage. So as I mentioned, things that I'm going to include in the description section of this video, I'm going to be including the five love languages quiz. I would encourage you and your significant other, check that out. I'd be interested to see uh, and hear back from you if you feel that you truly understood what your significant other's love languages were. Also, please check out Isaac Curry's YouTube channel. I'm going to have that link in there. He's got a, a lot of great videos, him and his wife talking about some of their own challenges. And I also mentioned I would be including the link to the uh, Symbus uh, premarital counseling program. Again, I, I'm not sponsored by anyone. It's just a way that I'm sharing to recommend for each of you if you're looking to get married to get some counseling done. You might already be married and you've never really taken the time to understand how you and your significant other feel about these issues. So, you know, go to their website and, uh, you know, check it out or any other premarital counseling program that's out there. So thank you for taking the time. Spend with me on parental therapy. Today's video, as I mentioned, five reasons your marriage will fail. Hopefully you got something out of it. I love your feedback. As I mentioned before, please subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and uh, share the video. So comment, let me know what you think. Thanks. Parental therapy out.